You know what I see a lot of? Problems. See a lot of problems. You know what I don't see a lot of? Answers. We have never been more divided than we are right now. No one's listening to each other. They're definitely not listening to you. Maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't listen to them either. Maybe I shouldn't listen to you. Every story I hear is about mass shootings, terror, racism, sexism, abuse and brokenness, divorce, addiction, men and women in power, fighting to keep that power instead of fighting to protect the people that trusted them. It's not just here. Around the world, there are tyrants that sit upon thrones that are built by the broken and shattered bones of children and women and men that had nowhere else to go. Is this the world that you said you were created? These are the people that you said that you made in their image and this evil persists. How can there be such little laughter and so much crying? How can this world be as it is if you're real, if you exist? <laughs> it's like a, I talk about people across the street like I even care about them. I got enough problems of my own. We know more than we've ever known. We have more information than we've ever had. And we misunderstand each other more than we ever have. We walk around with supercomputers in our pockets. And instead of having eye contact on the street, we stare at screens. And each generation blames the next generation. Millennials, they don't know how to do anything. America's crashing and burning because of those millennials. Lazy. Feel like they owed everything. They don't know how to work. Generation Z going to hell in a handbasket. I ain't got time. I can't care about the people across the street. I can definitely not care about people across the world when, when my life is falling apart. And where are you in that? Marriage. What a mess. Supposed to be something that you created, right? Something that was supposed to be amazing. We can't even look at each other without fighting. I know, God, I, I know that I love her, I do. But sometimes I can't stand her. It's like we're strangers passing each other in an empty house. I thought marriage was supposed to get better with time, more intimate. I've never felt further from her 
I sit in my cubicle and I hope and I pray. I pray that tonight we won't fight and we can't put a fork full of food in our mouths before we're at each other's throats. Is this how it was supposed to be? Did you know this was gonna happen? No, she doesn't know what I look at at night. Nor should she. I, I feel like it's the only time that I have any control. And yeah, I probably should stop. But I don't know how, and I, I don't know if I want to. And I know there's money in Wall Street. America's never done better, but it ain't hit my house yet. Not my bank account. And she doesn't even know how bad it really is. She wants to visit her parents for the holidays, and I don't know how to tell her that we can't afford it. I work a job that I hate. I work a job that I would thought I'd have moved on from years ago. I had plans. I had dreams I was going to make a dent in this world. And I've been at the same dead-end job for a decade. And you would think, you'd think if you'd work the same job you hate, you'd have money to show for it. But I don't. I don't have enough money to take care of my family. How am I supposed to look my daughter in the eye? The daughter that used to couldn't wait for me to come home. She'd wait on the porch for me. We'd have to tell her, don't run in the driveway until daddy's in park. We don't have to tell her that anymore. If and when I see her, she's stuck to her phone. And the one time she comes to me for something, says, dad, I, I need some money. I want to do competitive dancing. I don't have it. I don't have any money. I feel like my life is falling apart and I don't know where you are in it. I don't know where you are. You know what hurts the most? It's walking in to church. Walking into a place, holding my wife's hand, when I don't remember the last time that we kissed or said, I love you. We sit in the pew and we sing the songs that we know. We smile and pretend everything's all right, but I'm tired of being fake. It makes me want to scream. But I sit and I pretend that it's all okay. And then when we make it to group, when we're not fighting, we don't turn the car around because we can't speak to each other. When we get there, I don't know what to say. They ask me, can we pray for you? Can we pray? What is there? What do you need? I need a lot. And I've prayed quite a bit. And it's never helped. I've never seen one change so God, <laughs> I don't even know if I believe you exist anymore. And you want me to share the little faith that I have with a world that's broken, and I think it's your fault. Where are you? 
You said you'd never leave or forsake me. You know, I guess I feel, I feel left. I feel alone. I feel like a failure. I don't know what to do. It's so heavy. It hurts. No, I can't, I can't. If I let go of this, I don't know what I have. I know it sounds twisted, but this baggage is the only thing that I know is true anymore. This weight I carry is my fault. I did this to myself, I did this to my family. The least I could do is carry it. But I can't. God, I can't. Okay, okay, okay. You can have it. You can have it. You can have the shame, you can have it. You can have my past, I've done it. You can have my relationships, I don't know what to do. Take it. Take it. another inch that it hurts to breathe what is it you know what it is you've been thinking about it since I started talking it's time to lay it down it's time to put it aside says in 1 Peter chapter 5 
Peter is paraphrasing Psalms and he says that God gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. To humble yourself under the hand of the Lord. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. One of my favorite stories about Peter is when he denies Jesus. I know that may sound weird. But I love when God uses imperfection to reveal his perfection. Peter walks every day with Jesus, seeing the man do the miraculous, raising people from the dead, feeding thousands, loving and healing and teaching. And one night the disciples are having dinner with Jesus. He tells them what's about to happen. I'm going to give my life for the world. And Peter, you're going to deny me three times before it's over. Peter, you know, Peter, absolutely not God. Not me. I'm your guy. And in Jesus' darkest hour, it comes true and Peter denies him. Denies that he ever knew him. Denies he doesn't know anything about him. Peter runs. And one of Jesus' closest disciples is nowhere to be seen when Jesus breathes his last breath. And I believe many of us, we feel like Peter in that moment. But that wasn't the end of Peter's story. That wasn't the end of Peter's story. And it's not the end for you. Peter flees and goes back to the only thing that he knows, which is fishing. And then Jesus has breakfast on the seashore with Peter. And he says, Peter, do you love me? I don't know how I'd respond after I had just denied the man that is asking if I loved him. I don't know how my words would have any truth, but I would say, yes, when Peter said, yes, I love you, Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, I do. He says, then go and feed my sheep. Love and lead my people. See, I believe Peter had a personal revival with the Savior of the world in that moment. We're in a series entitled Revival. And for many of us, it's an abstract concept that we've seen a documentary about. A giant tent in a big field with thousands of people. But faith promise, we need an intimate revival with Jesus one-on-one. Because guess what? Before Peter denied him, Jesus had said, this is the rock on whom I will build my church. The gates of hell would not withstand against it. How Peter felt in that moment. How you feel the day you gave your life to Jesus and thought everything was going to be great from now on. And just a few times later, he's standing, yelling, saying he doesn't know who Jesus is. And this is where we find ourselves. This is the crossroad where many Christians find themselves. You've been given a purpose. You've been given a plan. You've been given a vision by God to have amazing things happen. Faith promise has been given a great commission to reach and to love people that don't know what real love is in the state of Tennessee. But we have a crossroad on the beach, on the ocean. And it's up to you and it's up to me to lay down what you're carrying. Peter could have walked away. I denied it. I blew it. The rock thing, the church thing that just apparently wasn't for me. And he would have never been the man that we know today. 
You could decide this weekend that what you've done is too much and walk away and continue carrying a burden that Jesus paid for. Or you can say, yes, the past is the past. He died for it. I'm going to leave it where it is, and I'm going to live for him. That is our decision. That's our choice. Because I believe the worst thing we can do for Jesus is to continue carrying something that he paid for with his body and his blood. We walk around with guilt and shame and bitterness and frustration that we're not enough. We don't have enough. We haven't done enough. You can never do enough. You can never have enough. Jesus is enough. He's all that you will ever need, all that you will ever require. But we must humble ourselves. That's the hard thing about putting down the weight, whatever it is for you. Whatever your weight is, you must humble yourself, knowing that you're not enough to carry it alone and hand it over to Jesus. And live a life of freedom. Because guess what? That's not the end. The end of Peter's story wasn't when he was told he would be the church. The end of Peter's story wasn't when he denied Jesus. And the end of Peter's story wasn't when Jesus said, do you love me? Because all that was leading to Peter to go do the work of the ministry. If you decide this weekend that it's time to lay down my past, lay down my frustration, lay down my doubt, guess what? Now it's time to get to work. That's what we do here at Faith Promise. We celebrate here on the weekends so that we can equip ourselves to go out Monday through Friday and heal the broken, care for the sick. But we cannot do that when our hands are full of our past. We cannot carry people to the feet of Jesus when our hands are full of our own stuff. This world can't afford that. This world cannot afford for people that say they love Jesus not to bring them to him. There are too many people saying they love Jesus inside their home, at group, at church, that lift their hands when the song's good enough and they carry the weight of their issues and problems the rest of the week. And people that look at you that may want what you have think they're carrying just as heavy as burdens that I'm carrying. The reason I believe Jesus said, take my yoke upon you so that people will know that I'm strong enough, that I am enough. Jesus is all that we will ever need or require. So this weekend, we're going to do something a little different. Some would call it old school. Some would call it, I have no idea what school you're talking about. I've never heard of it. At every campus, we're going to have an old-fashioned altar call. You can clap. It's okay. If you've never heard that, it's okay. I'm going to explain it. What we're going to do at every location, if you feel comfortable, we're going to get up and we're going to come down. We're going to stand or kneel or bend, however you want to do it. And we're going to tell Jesus, take it away. We're going to take what we've been carrying, how heavy it is, how painful it is, how broken you feel, how shameful you feel that you said what you said, you did what you did. 
You walked where you walked, and we're going to throw it at the feet of Jesus and say, you've got it. I don't have it. Guess what? My shoulders still kind of hurt. They're still sore because guess what? I still feel the pain of my past. There are things that I've done, church, that I'll never be able to forget. There are pictures and images in my mind that I will never be able to erase, but I have two options with those images, to allow them to imprison me or to allow them to be the platform in which I stand up and say, Jesus took it. Jesus is enough, and he took it away from me. He has forgiven you, and he's forgiven me. He forgets your past, will you? He forgives and forgets your debt, will you? Christ follower, son or daughter of Jesus, will you forgive yourself? Will you lay it down? Campus pastors, you'll start to head up. I'm gonna pray. And then if you feel led, if you feel comfortable, you can stand, you can pray where you are, or please, let's have an experience that some of us have never had and walk down front and let's pray and worship together and lay at the feet of Jesus what he died for. Your problems. Let's pray at every campus. Jesus, 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 meet us in the midst of our mess in our marriage, in our finances, our parenthood, our school, our clubs, our bodies, our sin, our shame, our past. You are there with your hands around it. Let yourself be revealed to us that you have it and you're holding it if we'll just let go. If we will just let go. Give us courage to stand Give us courage and humility to give what you're asking us to give. We love you, God. Amen. Campus pastors, you can take it away.